I'm used to having big black things. Plus, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep that in. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Oh, to yeah. the Gentleman's Dojo, back again to my left. Comedian from Detroit, Michigan, Gary Cannon, and to my right. Say it. Comedian from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Say my name. <laughs> Say my goddamn name, you. you piece of shit. Say it. Say Steve it like Byrne. You. Yeah, there you go. Damn right. Uh, good to be back here in the Gentleman's Dojo. We are so excited. I hope everybody had a happy Merry Christmas, right? Absolutely. We want to thank Peter Billingsley for having done Doing our Christmas, Christmas show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're uh, in Pittsburgh. Getting we're ready Pittsburgh. for New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, so we're getting ready to go off, but we thought, hey, you're commuting, you guys are going to drive around for the holidays. Just because we're off, that doesn't mean they should be. Yeah, right? that makes no sense. Right. So we thought, <laughs> hey. Just because they're all right. Let's bring in yeah. a gruesome twosome. Yeah. Uh, these yeah. two gentlemen were actually showrunners uh, on the last season of Sullivan's Son, like EPs the first two years, but a great comedic writing duo. F.J. Pratt, Dan Cohen, welcome, welcome to the, to the Gentleman's Dojo. Dojo. Thanks, yes, oh, welcome. Yeah, pleasure to be here. What a great way to end out the year in 2015 with a couple of guys that brought season three to a screeching halt. Jesus, <laughs> welcome, oh gentlemen. It's true. Just, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Put you out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to ask you something because okay, so you're just explain to people listening. Because I think prior to having been on a television show, you're thinking, oh, the director, he's in charge of everything. Right. What is a showrunner on a television well, show? Essentially, uh, the showrunner is the guy who makes every decision from hiring the director. Or, or, together... or two guys. Oh, yeah. Or two yeah. guys. Putting together a writing staff, hiring, costume, makeup, everything. Every, every decision filters through the showrunner. And the director as well, you know, so it's different than the features where the, the director's in charge of everything. Yeah, so Spielberg is doing Jaws, he gets right. all the credit, but yeah. I think showrunners nowadays, because of television, obviously, it's, it's such a different ball game. people right. pay attention to showrunners now, so yeah. they get more of the credit that... Then they uh, that they should they yeah. should get the uh, credit yeah, that they deserve. Say, then they should. <laughs> then that's, no, that's that they should. No, no. Um, yeah. But it's true. No, it's I mean, true. Um, because the head, you know, the the showrunners, the head writer. So mm -hmm. it all starts there. So from, you know, breaking stories to actually editing an episode, the showrunner is part of that, but part of every process. This question is less for me, but more for Gary, right. by the way. Because he has no <laughs> idea what goes on. I'm He's a little confused, though. He's just passing out candy. Exactly. Why didn't uh, we have writers? Uh, <laughs> well, the, the question... You said you were to hire some. Yeah. <laughs> Did we not get around to that? The question, I, <laughs> the question I have for you, Steve, yeah. is that... This Who was, are you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that? You don't need that's writers. That's right. That's right. You do not need writers. <laughs> what was your impression? That was probably the first time you've been in a writer's room for uh, ever. Anything. So, so, what was your impression of that early on? My impression of it early on, I and and what I've heard, and now that the show's over, and I've gone on and I talked to other friends that work on shows. I knew going into it how special of an experience it was because everybody was just, everybody gelled. We all got along so well, and it was fun. And look, Rob Long could have just slammed the door shut and said, as the star or comic, you're not coming into the writer's room, mm -hmm. but he allowed me to come in, and I yep. still, to this day, don't don't take that for granted. And 
you just hear over and over again how just unique it was and how unique right. uh, the experience was, uh, especially from people that have worked on our set that were working on other shows. Yeah. I remember Ted McGinley, who did like Happy Days and Married with Children. Right. One day he pulled me aside. He goes, man, it's just never like this. It's yeah. never mm-hmm. like this. And yeah. I was like, my God, this guy's done everything under yep. the sun and guest right. stars. And yeah. so I just knew, even when I was doing it, that it was great. And I think... You know, especially in that writer's room, it was Rob and you two, and it just permeated throughout the whole the whole crew every season. Yeah. So that was my experience personally. But I got to ask you too, you guys are a comedy duo, you, you, you write together. How did you initially gel? Well, you mean to start writing or? Yeah, had you been working on other shows prior on your own, no, and then you worked no. on a show where you just, you met in, co- I, I just, I wanted to know yeah. how you guys got together. Yeah, yeah. Well, we met we met in college, but we weren't really very good friends. And then we got to be more friendly after college. And um, we were enough both said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with college, uh-huh. we get it. <laughs> exactly right. We've all been there. <laughs> Sophomore University of yeah. Phoenix online. We experimented with girls <laughs> for, for one quarter. Show me your rum springer. <laughs> okay. All right. Talking FJ. <laughs> So then, so then you decided though. We decided we were both actually pursuing acting. I was pr- pursuing uh, directing in theater, and then mm-hmm. we both started writing on our own. Um, so we, uh, FJ was right. Well, you were doing theaters, writing some right? Th- I was doing regional theater and mm-hmm. writing, writing some plays, and mm-hmm. and I was doing some writing on my own. And then we decided, hey, let's let's give it a shot together because mm-hmm. we had a good chemistry and we had fun doing it. And um, we wrote a couple of specs that were really awful <laughs> for, for for a sitcom. Yeah, or... we we did uh, okay. we did like a Who's the Boss, and we did something <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, I yeah. forget what was on the air at the time. And then we we wrote our first good spec. At least uh, people responded to was a, was The Simpsons. Oh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It was like early on in the life of the series. I want to say yeah. like the second, yeah, or thank third season. God, because <laughs> I was and finding that. a story would have been impossible. And, and yeah. you both, you were both living in California at the time. In yeah, in LA. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. so then a, as you pair up, what is the first gig you get together? We ended up getting an assignment for a show called Thea. Do you know Thea Vidal? Oh yeah, Thea Vidal. Yeah, Germ. Yeah, it was on ABC, right? Right, and we ended up. Writing the series, the season uh, finale. Well, that was uh, that, that was our first job. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, job. I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. We our first assignment was a that's hang right. with Mr. Cooper, right. which was Mark Curry. Mark Curry. Yeah, Mark wow. Curry. Yeah, that's right. Weird, weird, weird situation because they had us come in at the end of the season. They said we want you to write the last script of the season, which right. is very unusual for you know freelance writers, and we want you to include every semi regular character we've had on, on this entire season. So, oh, so then you had to go back and watch? We had, not only we had to go back and watch, but we had to write a script that had like 18 people in it or something. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why did they want to do that? Did they did they feel the show was ending or did they? No, they didn't know what the, where they quite wanted to go with the show. Wow. And who they wanted to feature and why they chose us to do that, I don't know. But but the it was – there was nothing left of our script, which is pretty uh, normal. But at the, at, the, at the filming, when we were there at the taping – they, um, it's you know obviously it's a it's an African American show. We're the only two probably two white guys in the audience, and after a scene played to absolutely no <laughs> it laughs, was crickets, crickets. <laughs> I mean, not that's crickets. never happened again in our entire career. Not one laugh in the entire scene. The warm up decides that's the time to introduce the writers. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, he says, two uh, <laughs> white guys stand up. I want to introduce you. Oh my god! Writers of the episode, and it was like we could have been an AME church. Oh my <laughs> and, god! And, and the two white guys stand up and said thanks for the words fellas <laughs> oh my god that's great 
Steve oh. was at that taping because he saw that first scene and nobody laughed. He's like, if I ever have a show, I'm getting these guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. These are my guys. Right. <laughs> they got something. They know what it is. Right. They got Moxie. <laughs> and we delivered. We delivered. <laughs> so you go from one black sitcom to another black sitcom. <laughs> I mean, what's going on, guys? Are you thinking, we, I think we found our niche? Or how how is it working on good times? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. no, our, FJ coined the dynamite phrase. <laughs> our, our, our agent literally said, you, you, this is what you're known for now. Oh, and yeah. we had to like literally like write a spec to sound, sort of break out of it. Yeah. Not about you, I think we wrote, or something like that. And and um, and and then we ended up getting our first, uh, our second gig was on a show called Blossom that was on NBC. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. With Maya Bialik. Right. And how long did, did was that run? That was uh, we were on the last season. We like okay. to. We you guys are closing out all the shows. Know, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our specialty for a while. I know. But uh, what was okay? So what was the what was the credit or the room where you're like, all right, now now we feel like we've made it. When when was that? Oh, brother. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, there was a show on called Hudson Street that we got a job on that was really competitive to get hired on. It was a, a Tony Danza show at the time. It was 22 on the air. Mm -hmm. And um, and then after right after that, we wrote a Larry Sanders spec, and we got hired on Frasier, which was probably, Oh, wow. Yeah, that was probably, at that point, we felt like, okay, we're, we're in pretty good shape. That's kind yeah, of the, the moment where you felt, all right, now we're... We're kind of in the big leagues now. Right. We're, yeah. And how yeah. and how long were you on Frasier? A year. <laughs> <laughs> and it ran eight more after that. <laughs> you were you were at the tail maybe at the tail end of that then? Oh no, oh you no. mean oh you were at the beginning. Yeah. We're in the I thought you meant eight episodes. Four. No, we were season four. Oh, I got you. Yeah. And how was it though working on Frasier? It, I mean, it was a great experience in terms of learning. It was a it was a tough environment because it was it was sort of like a think tank. You right. Know, it, it was not at all like Sullivan was like very raucous and everybody building off each other. Here you had to prepare what you were going to say. Oh, and, wow. So yeah. can you just explain to people what a writer's a typical writer's room is like for the casual listener that has no idea of anything about show business? What is a typical uh, average writer's room? Hey, Steve. Room? Sorry. We just got an email from All Things Comedy. This is our final episode. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. Our Fellas. Job, our job is done. The cousin Oliver of writers. <laughs> oh, my well, God. We're good. Well, it's been a good run. Good. But, Gary, but, Gary, you should probably send thank you notes to six of your listeners. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> so what is a typical writer's room? Um, well, it's a, a collection of people, writers, anywhere between, I don't know, eight and 14 writers, something yeah. like that. And mm -hmm. it's a, a room, whether it's a big conference table or, or we prefer couches. And you just kind of, uh, you come in at, at 10 and you kind of break stories and work on whatever you need to yeah. work on that day. You know, whether it's rewriting a script or writing a scene, you know, getting ready to go to, to a run through a rehearsal. You know, and it's it's kind of like this. I mean, if I it's know. if it's working well, yeah. you know, which it was on Sullivan, as you as you pointed out, right? Then it it is it's a very much of a give and take and building off each other. And um, we're like big on positive energy, mm -hmm. all positive energy. You know, it's very easy to criticize and say, oh well, that doesn't work. But it's like, well, why doesn't it work? Or help it work? Or what can we do? That's 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 our biggest our biggest thing in the room. How important is it for a writers' room to be, I guess, positive? for that to because it all it really does all start in the writer's room that's that's the yeah. show i mean that's mm -hmm. the script that's everything so yeah. if it's not working in the writer's room is it fair to say it's not going to work period 
or is it that you can give a, a bad vibe, a bad script to a great cast, and that cast can still just carry it out, or does it really? It doesn't really all fall on the writers' room. I think it really does start there. I mean, look, I think a good cast, and you guys did it. You know, sometimes you'd elevate a joke just by sheer performance. But you know, if it, it's hard to elevate a crappy script, even mm-hmm. great actors, and yeah. you know, um, or a bad story. I mean, yeah. if a story doesn't have any tension to it or, right. or conflict. You know, there's not a lot you can do, and that's our responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times you end up throwing out stories that just don't work. Now, every everybody, I think every writer has been involved in a scenario where you're you got hired on something. This is the next big thing. It's going to hit. This is a surefire hit, and then it just it just right. Hiroshima's. <laughs> is there is there one of those for you? Well, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> It's our they reality, are. yeah. We take the high hopes and we destroy them. I, I do remember, and now tell me if you agree with this, Dan. We yeah. did a show with Diane English called Living in Captivity, and it was yeah. for Fox. Okay. And that was it was one of the early shows that did a hybrid. They shot We shot um, a day out in Valencia on the set, you know, in the sound, uh, on, out, out there. And then we shot a couple days in a studio in the Valley. But I thought that was going to be... I thought that was going to yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Really... It was called Living in Captivity? Yeah. yeah. Probably that's little... how the audience felt when they were watching it. It was... Written by Caleb Bacon. Oh, my God. Hey, Gary, he Sorry. listens. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> well, that's funny. But, yeah, that, that w- it, was, it was a little ahead of its time. It was, you know, but... Uh, that one, and wasn't it that, that we're dying English? Like, we had this big dinner before the, the launch of the series, and she said, I've talked to my psychic. And yeah, she said, I've talked to my, Jesus. and this yeah. is going to be, because she created Murphy Brown. This My psychic says this is going to be bigger than Murphy Brown. I went, oh, okay, well, I'm, I started packing up our office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. You guys are looking at open houses in Malibu. <laughs> we're ready. Yeah, I know. But exactly. isn't that true? Like Because the guys who created Will and Grace, yeah. right, Dave and Max, they've yeah. tried like a bunch of other things. Right. Like There was that show Partners that was supposed to just be yeah. the yeah. next big Will and yeah. Grace. They did that show uh, uh, Clipped on TV. Like, yeah. you know, th- they've had a lot of chances. Same with the guy... Uh, Jeff Franklin from Full House, right. you know, and and just swing and miss, swing and miss, and then he redeveloped Full House again into Fuller House. Right, but right. It, what makes something stick? I mean, it really is just this weird. It's lightning in a bottle, you right? Don't know. You don't know. Yeah. It's it's you know it's the stars have to line up. It's like it's the cast. It's it's the network. How much you know if they promote the show? The time well, time slot doesn't matter anymore. But it used it, to, yeah, yeah. It yeah. just really you know things that are out of your control. It's just fate somehow it all works but it's also crazy too because there are those shows on where where they still run and you have no idea like i just remember according to jim that was a show that was like people would still talk about it and you thought that show ended three years ago didn't it and people were like no 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 is that isn't that what happened with kind of like uh, the drew carey show that show technically stopped airing but they had to fulfill the contract wasn't yeah. that what happened with that yeah. show yeah, well, that jim a... didn't jim they picked up for two years they mm-hmm. a, and yeah. then at the end of the run of that series and then in the middle of that first, first year it's the ratings started tank and they were into it for what 44 episodes yeah wow. wow so they yeah. just have to keep filming it yeah yep. wow yeah and some of that is because of syndication you know they've yeah. got a syndication package that they sold and so they just you know write it off to that but um that show, I mean, Drew Carey was, was I think, critically considered a much 
better show. Right. I mean, you, you know, according to Jim, obviously struggled, and it, it was just the best show ABC had at the, at the time, you know. Because, yeah, aren't you amazed you look at some of these shows and you're just like, some shows are so, I remember there was a show uh, years ago, right before the writer's strike, it was called Pushing Daisies. Yeah. 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 And that was just a great show. The writer's strike happens. Yeah. And that show just went away. Yeah. Right. And and that yeah. was just such a great show. Yeah. And I don't know. I, 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 you're right in a sense. Like, it's just so hard to get all of those stars lined up right. with just a great cast and great writing. And it, it, it's just really difficult to formulate all that. I mean, you when, when a show makes it, you're so surprised that it's gone on three, four, five years. It's right. crazy. Right. It's true. Yeah, you're, you're very grateful. I mean, we've been in a, a few times, you know, uh, Sullivan, we did three seasons. Uh, another show, Less Than Perfect, we were on for four years. And, you know, it is rare. It mm-hmm. is, and, and you realize that it takes catching all those elements. Like you said, it's a lot of it's out of, out of our control, but we, we just try and control what we can control, which is the, the work and make sure the work is really, really, really good. And then hopefully the audience comes in and likes it. You know. Who who uh, who did you learn from the most, or who have you? Or I mean, it could you could currently learn from some, but especially when you're younger and you're in those writers' rooms and there's other writers, whatever. Is, is there a specific person that you you both just learned so much from and would attribute I, a lot of your success towards? I I would I I personally I would say Rob Long. And Rob Long was our showrunner right. for Sullivan Sun for right. the first two years and consultant the third. Why is that? Well, you know, we, we met him on a show um, called uh, Love and Money for yeah. CBS. Mm-hmm. and He was know, still writing with a partner at the time, right. Dan Staley. And just the just to see him work, just mm-hmm. to see how, just to see, I think he's a brilliant writer and re- one of the funniest guys I've ever worked with. Yeah. And just the way he approaches a scene and way, you know, it's, it's again, you know, it's, for him it's all about is this funny? And right. I, I'm kind of, that's the way I'm wired. Dan's great with, does this make sense? Right. You know? And so, right. and it's, um, and so I always just seeing Rob approach a story that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes he would just shift it a couple of degrees and all, all of a sudden now it's really funny. Right. And yeah. it's just, I don't know. I just, and you can get away with that in comedy. I mean, if you can yeah. get away with something that's really funny, right. the story may not matter as much. Um, but also one of the big things we learned from them, he and his partner, they, they, the way they worked together, mm-hmm. there was never any like disagreement in front of anybody, uh, in the room. If they had a disagreement, they'd go and talk about it. Right. You know, which was a great example for, for mm-hmm. us to see. Cause we, frankly, we hadn't worked with many, many partners to mm-hmm. begin with and certainly none that had run a show. And so just to see that and see how they respected each other and how important that was for the set of tone for the room and for the rest of the staff. So I get, that leads me to my next question. Since you two are a partnership, what are the strengths and weaknesses each of you have that maybe fill the void for one another? Well, my weakness is hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a great at show killing. Yeah, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, I mean, you work with us. You probably can... Uh, Mention those strengths and weaknesses. It's hard to. As oh, a, he has. Yeah. As an observer. <laughs> yeah. You I have the emails. Jesus. <laughs> worse. I know. Oh, he that, has. I bet. Not true. <laughs> I would Talk say. To his wife. <laughs> I would say, as an observer, having been in the room, 
I think that Dan is more story oriented as as opposed to you are more uh, joke oriented. And the jokes, I would say 90 percent of yours yeah. could never be put in a script or on the air. <laughs> right. But the other 10 percent are, are oh. like lights out home run grand slam jokes. Oh. Oh, thank so you. that's just a, yeah. from a casual observer. Just quickly. I, I don't yeah. know if I, if that's true or I think it's true more in the in the public line when we're writing together. We mm -hmm. tend to uh, be more yeah. comfortable and we go into each other's territories a lot more. And oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting dynamic that way. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I'm not I'm also just not that comfortable in a room like being funny as much as I am when I'm on my own. Right, as, right. As opposed to you guys. You guys are comfortable getting in front of an audience and and I, I could never do anything like that. But well, but neither but can do, Gary. But but today <laughs> when you guys are interviewing for a job, is it always them hiring you guys as a team or yeah, will yeah. they sometimes call you FJ and be like, Hey listen, we want you but uh <laughs> yeah. you know, lose the baggage. <laughs> but then I say But look, he's he's a Jew. You can, I mean, the, the writer's good law. We have it's yeah. we have to hire him. Yeah. Right. There's a value in that. And then you just you, you'll just split the like four hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it's that much. <laughs> now, who is who is your favorite pro that you've worked with? Just in terms of being on a set, you see that guy or gal, and you go, "I, I, I'm honored to be in this person's presence as as a performer." Or it could have been a guest star over the years, or a star of a show. Who is who would be that one person for you? As an actor. As an actor, yeah. Wow. Well, look. I, yeah, or, I, or or name one or two. I I will say, and I'm not just saying this because we're in a studio with you guys, but mm -hmm. meeting you on the pilot of Sullivan and Son. I remember we after we went to a run through, and we were doing a rewrite, and Dan and I were leaving. We said, "That's the nicest guy we've ever met." <laughs> you know, we had met you. That's all what most people say about my acting. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, He's a nice guy. Well, this is this is the thing. <laughs> what we do is incredibly hard. And when you have, and there can be a divide between the stage and yeah. the writer's room. Yeah. And right. when you have the star of the series make you feel valued, and uh, it just it invigorates the writers to want to, you know, stay late, put in the extra time to, right. to make it great. And so I don't think it, I've ever, for my money, ever worked with the uh, uh, star of a show who, where we got that treatment from. The, like, oh, wow. Well, yeah, thank no, you. No, we, uh, that was great. I mean, in addition to that, I would say for me, David Hyde Pierce was pretty amazing to work with because yeah, he was guy. he was a very nice uh, man. But but the, the other thing, he was just brilliant at what he did. He yep. made it look so easy. Mm -hmm. It's like he would take something and just turn it into yep. you know and add things of his own, and the audience would just react, and mm -hmm. and, and it was just in him. I gotta yeah. ask you. So he's so he's so good. It's almost effortless, like you say. Yeah. You know, it's like when is is he just so good at that particular character that he just knocks it out of the park that people will just see him as that? Because, you know, there's so many talented mm -hmm. actors right, and actresses right. you see them in these iconic roles, and then they just kind of fade. I know he's worked yeah, since yeah, then, he's... but is it is it tough, especially in the line of, I guess, sitcoms where you see these great actors given these opportunities, and then they just they're doing like cruise ships, yeah, like yeah. a year later. I mean, well, I think that was that part was so in his wheelhouse. I mean, he's right. he's still a really, I mean, he's a really talented. Of course, actor. yeah. But but yeah, and I think people do see him as Niles. I mean, it, yeah. I think it's very hard. He's just so good at that. Yeah, yeah, and he it, it, it it's uh, but he he works a lot in theater still, and he does you know he, he picks and chooses. I mean, that's one of the uh, also the benefits of or, or one of the amazing things that happens when you hit a, a show like that. Mm -hmm. Basically, you make enough money for the 
rest of your life. So he can really afford to, to choose, pick and choose right. what he and does. Wh what makes a great writer's room? Hmm. Energy is a yeah. big thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, kinetic, where you're bouncing off each other, I and mean, you can really feel that. I mean, in, in addition to all the other things we've talked about, you know, a positive environment, making sure everybody feels comfortable and valued, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's, that's uh, being a showrunner is like being a coach in, in, in that sense. Everybody has to know their role and feel like they're, they're valued. And, and uh, Sullivan was like that. I mean, it mm -hmm. was just, you, you know, you, you saw how, how it happened. It was just... It, so much building off each other. I think I, I think you're exactly right, Dan. It's it's um, you don't want a room full of thinkers, you need, right? You need you need like the Mike Platt or the Howard Morris. These are guys <laughs> who are high energy. That you know, if you've been up late, if you've got home at three in the morning from a rewrite and you're back and you're back in the trenches, it's like you need those guys to you know juice the room. Yeah. Yeah. The, I guess guys that don't necessarily think they just say it and then think afterwards because right. half right. the times reflexively a joke will come out of their mouths right. that exactly is just right. so inappropriate but then <laughs> right. that can stem and lead the rest of the room to oh exactly right. another thought or whatever who was i mean like looking back at all the shows that you've done who was a better i don't know if the better actor to write for and and deliver the line better joey lawrence from blossom <laughs> or the dog from frazier <laughs> Who was more talented? I, I, um, I got um, a clearer look in the eye from the dog. Oh, really? Yeah. And my mom wanted to know, she just wrote in, did you ever bang Blossom? Gary. This is from my Gary, mom. Gary, oh my gosh. Or the dog. <laughs> the dog. I do remember, Dan, do you remember that Joey Lawrence was trying to sell me his car? Yeah. What? Yeah. He was? Yeah. Yeah, because he was getting in the car, and this is when, early on, when... When cars were not being delivered to people, you know, yeah. yeah. I remember we were. Was it in the middle of a run through? We had to stop because Joey Lawrence was getting a new car. It was like yeah. a sports car. He got a Mercedes. He yeah, had like that's a, right, Mercedes. Yeah, he showed us this catalog. He think I should get this one or should I get this one? And yeah. it, I mean, at that point, it was like the Beatles with him. Like when he came he out, he was like, huge. Yeah, oh, yeah. The audience uh, just screaming, going crazy. Um, he would do push-ups backstage to make sure yeah. he looked good. It, it was pretty funny. I remember, again, I was looking for a car, and I drove in a lot on the 74 Toyota pickup. People thought I was on the maintenance crew. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's like, I still love that car. <laughs> Jesus, Gary. I got to ask you, how exciting or terrifying is the state of television these days? Because it's changed so much for you. Could you describe the change in television you've seen since you started to present day and what you think of what you see coming down the road? Well, I mean, for comedy, it's it's kind of scary right now. Mm -hmm. There's First of all, there's not a lot of uh, audience, uh, you know, four camera kind of shows that we, we, we usually do. Right. Where they film in front of an audience. Most of it's one camera. A lot of it is for our for our money is is not that funny. It's more like cute or sort of ironic and that's that's good enough. And 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 I think that's 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 okay for a lot of shows. But if you if you did that in front of an audience you could never get away with it. And right. so somewhere someone is deemed that, you know, um, those shows are, are not popular anymore. But we were just recently at uh, speaking at Cal State Fulton in front of a class of like 20 year old, 21 year old people, and we asked them what shows they watch, and they said we watch Seinfeld, we watch Friends, and and the the head of the class, the guy who was conducting the class, said I, I have to ask this question: Would you would you watch those shows today? And they said absolutely, we mm -hmm. watch those shows today, and those were all in front of a live audience. So right. it's sort of that's the biggest 
battle is the, the, you know, there's a lot of places to work, but a lot of them are not doing comedy because it's very tough to get a loyal audience for comedy. That was part of our problem with Sullivan. Um, yeah, when we, one of the problems. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, would you please? Jesus. <laughs> you never get an audience to <laughs> warm up properly either. Yeah, yeah. It's because people had to show up. <laughs> now, what do you what do you think about the future of television? Because, you know, you're seeing pay TV. You're seeing, obviously, there's Hulu, there's Amazon. Yeah. It's just fractured now. What what is your forecast, or what do you foresee in in terms of the next few years of television, and how it's going to change for you know the casual viewer? Well, it's interesting. A lot of people feel like there's too much television on right now, too much scripted television. Yeah. And literally, there's going to be a point where the audience is going to say enough, mm-hmm. and there and there, and it'll. But right now, it's I mean, it's very exciting. There's so many places you can take ideas, and um, you know, for us, it, you just look at you're hoping that more 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 people will want to do comedy. I right, think, you know. Actually, I yeah. think TV is in a fantastic place. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we started, it was only four networks, and I remember, yeah. you know, if, if there was a new show coming on the air, you knew about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To this day, still, pe- people are telling me, "Oh, have you seen this show?" And I said, yeah. "I never even heard of it." Yeah. Oh, it's on Netflix, or you know, it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one show, I just an hour show called River. I'd never heard about it. You know, I haven't but, heard of it. I know. You can, yeah. Again, but it's almost like what it was like. You know, back in the day in the radio, oh, you got to hear this band, and you hadn't heard this band, and so right. that's the way television is, is going. It's it's great because you you constantly being you know turned on to to new shows that would not be on your radar. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, as a viewer, it's great. As a as a working comedy writer, you just hope that more people will embrace the form, you know, and 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 there'll be more comedy, like true comedies, because like a show like Transparent, which is great, mm-hmm. is 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 billed as a comedy, but that's not really a comedy. But we, yeah. what you're talking about is the disparity between a single cam show, right. a la 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, as opposed to a multi-cam show like Sullivan right. or Happy Days or mm-hmm. exactly. whatever. So, yeah. Big Bang why Theory. Do you, yeah, Big Bang. Why yeah. do you feel that there is that, that snobbiness or, you know, I, I guess especially having worked on Sullivan, you know, um, it seems like critics are yeah. not necessarily fans of the multi-cam format. That's so I think true. they're driving that that maybe conversation towards single cam i don't know i think part of it is because television now is predominantly serialized Mm -hmm. because it's all predicated about binge watching and if it's not you'll check out and the multi-cam format is not that right it's not it's it's not serialized but that for my money that's what makes it great that's why you can jump into a seinfeld or a friends right or you know or cheers Mm -hmm. and enjoy that 30 minutes of television but it's, I, I think critical acclaim is a, is a huge part of it. I mean, that's the way you stand out now. You know, the ratings are not that much different between an FX and a TBS or whatever. Right. And it, if the show gets good reviews and there's something that they can put on a billboard and they can win awards and that's mm-hmm. how they can get, get an audience. Yeah. So that's definitely, that's a big part of what's driving them too, I think. And I think that's that does hurt multi-camera a lot. Well, I'd like to play something for you. This is, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever... Okay, so this is to you. Um, so I think it was going into our second season. TBS had asked us, um, we like to film something in, in terms of the launch of, of the show, whatever. And so there were all these ideas batted around. And one of the ideas was, let's put lyrics to the theme song of Sullivan and Son. Oh so God. Peter Billingsley, oh my myself, and Dave Kushner, who did the theme song, yeah. we went in and sat down. And I think Mike Lagnese was there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Owen, Owen Benjamin oh, and I. Yeah. So Owen and I kind of wrote the lyrics with Peter and Lagnese. Oh my god! So I wanted to play this for you. I don't oh think my. you guys have I've ever heard, heard this. It. So this is uh, this is going to be quite. <laughs> Quite an experience because I haven't even heard this. But the minute I saw you, I was like, "Oh my god, I have this little gem, and I've never played it for anybody." Okay. So I think only Dave Kushner, Peter Billingsley, Lagnese, Owen, and I have ever heard this. So this <laughs> is um, Sullivan and Son with the lyrics. After TBS heard it, they said, "Absolutely no fucking way." <laughs> but I'll play it for you guys right now. So, uh, and you can hear Peter screaming. He was an awful singer. Oh he was God. horrible, oh, so and he was like, "Ah!" I'm like, "Dude, this isn't Megadeth." All right, here's the Sullivan and Son theme song with lyrics. And you can hear Brian Dole Murray in there. And he goes, ah, come on. Did you hear that part? <laughs> yeah, no. It was like right, oh. Anyways, that was the song. So we, we originally just sang it just to do like a, a version of it and then hire like people to actually right. come in and sing it. No, no. This is the Because it sounds like real bar patrons are singing yeah. the song. It's fine. Yeah, well, actually, it was, it's really good. You could hear Owen and I. Owen and I are singing it. And then Owen did the backing vocals and he like layered it. Because, you know, he's a talented musician. Right, so. Right. That's the only time we've ever played that. That um, is so good. <laughs> I think it's good. Is that yeah, on the? You got to email that to me. I'll yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll oh definitely email God, it to you. Oh my God, that is so awesome. <laughs> um, that those those are great lyrics, by the way. It was fun. Yeah, Owen and I spent. Uh, I don't know. We were like in a studio at Dave Kushner's studio. This guy, by the way, he was like in Velvet Revolver. Oh, uh, wow. He's like oh, really? this hard rock. 
Yeah, I mean, he's done everything with the guys from Guns N' Roses, Scott Weiland. Wow. He's worked with everybody. And then he did all of our theme songs. So we went into a studio and we sat there for like six hours. And Owen and I just had, you know, the pen and paper. We're doing yeah. the lyrics and trying to make each other laugh. And then. You know, Pete's throwing in the line about getting taxed for things you know aren't right. And I'm just like, <laughs> why are we throwing, talking about taxes? And, but it was like a culmination of all of us just goofing off and having fun. And we had a blast, like, singing it and then watching Pete sing because Pete was screaming and he was sweating. <laughs> he was, like, getting really into it. Yeah. But it was a total blast getting to do it. But I think TVS had heard heard it and they're just like, hey, we, we're not feeling it. So that's when they oh. did that. Those promos with the yellow painted cartoon bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we, oh, and they yeah. Oh, yeah. had some weird. I, I don't know. It looked cool, but uh, yeah, right. But that was it. So um, TBS ask- said we'll use that theme for season four. Mm-hmm. One more time. Yeah, you're the worst. <laughs> you know what I loved about, about Sullivan's a great group of guys, but you'd always hear like the, the veterans like Dan Lauria and Brian Doyle Murray. And I didn't know what this meant at the time. I guess it's an acting term, but like they would just walk around and say, this is a paycheck. Like, I don't know what that meant, but they would just be like, this is a paycheck. He's being an asshole. And don't. I don't know what that meant. This would is a you paycheck. shut up, Gary? But what does that mean in terms of, like, this is a paycheck? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not sure. No. Yeah. This is for health insurance. <laughs> yeah, this is for- <laughs> All right, so, so really bad. As, we, as we go towards the finish line, what yeah. is, since we've, obviously you've had many successes in, in terms of television, but because we all know each other here, Let's just go down the line since we're all here together and we, we're not, you know, here to just specifically talk about the show. But what is your favorite memory having had worked on Sullivan and Son? And we'll just go down. I'll, I'll start with you, Gary, and we'll go down the line. Favorite memory of working on the show? Of, of uh, Yeah. And, and be be honest. Sure. And ask, <laughs> what is your favorite memory of having worked on three years of Sullivan? Reading on deadline that we got canceled. Okay. What, <laughs> Jerry, just for real. No, 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 no. You, you I, will, I will tell you this because I was a big Big Wonder Years fan. Mm-hmm. So getting to work with Dan Lauria was an absolute treat. Yeah. And I just remember every summer Dan would have us over to his house for a pool party and a barbecue. We and- still get invited. Oh, <laughs> you don't get those invites. <laughs> so I just remember, because uh, I was just a fan of the Wonder Years, because I mean, Dan reminded me of my dad uh, when he was on the show. And I just remember Dan was telling me that that great story of how there were some episodes of the Wonder Years that he wasn't even in, or if he was in them, he had like one line. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what was the one line? And he said, Urgh. and I was just like, <laughs> holy shit. Like I literally... I was so excited just to be sitting next to him when he did the, yeah, (laughs) it was just great. And like, you know, again, like we had Peter on last week and just to be really, you know, I I know we bust balls, but I mean, it really, out of all the shows I've ever worked on, like just, you know, from top down, I mean, it was so much fun and everybody really dug being there and just enjoyed the vibe. And, you know, I mean, listen, we all know that there were days where the tapings ran very long and just, there was a lot of just bumpiness, but like at the end of the day, like Everybody was just such a great team and in good spirits that it was hard ever to get frustrated just with, you know, certain things because it was such a good group. And it, you you wanted everybody to win because everybody wanted what was best for the show. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it, 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 that was for me, like working on so many different shows where you're just like, man, I've worked on a lot of them. You're like, this stinks. You know, you just <laughs> if we if we don't get picked up, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? But yeah. you really were vested because everybody was so good to everybody else. Yeah. Right. How about you, Dan? Uh, for me, it was that one episode where you ended up shooting uh, that scene on the stoop. Oh, I with with Brian I and was just uh, say that. oh, you, yeah, yeah, and and Dan and it was uh, it was an emotional scene where you you and it was also funny, but you realized how much you cared about these characters. Dan, and every time we shot that scene, it, it was 
that was the last scene we shot of the series. Was that the last? Yes. Wow. Well, every time we rehearsed it or, or, or shot it, everybody mm -hmm. would gather around to watch a scene. Yeah. Because it was so emotional and it was so satisfying. And that was that for me was was I mean it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. To achieve that, that's pretty great. I actually I was going to say that, yeah. but I have two. Um, the first one is in the pilot when Brian Doyle Murray does his whole like, you know, <laughs> racist speech. <I> thought, <laughs> actually, it was a one-two punch. Him and um, uh, um, uh, Carol. Carol. Carol's character. Yeah, that those two speeches were pretty darn great. Yeah. Those I remember like that that. Wow, that it, just the content and the way it was performed, that was like, that this show is going to make it. Right. And then the other one, uh, it was our first episode. It, it was the, the Hank speech where you had your big grandstand oh, yeah. speech in the courtroom. Oh, and yeah. And it was, I thought it was where you really kind of gelled as an actor. It's like it all coalesced. And I felt that was probably some of your, your best work. And it was a big speech, and we had a blast writing it. Yeah. And rarely, it's like, it's ex when we wrote it, it was it's exactly how I saw it in my head when you performed it. Yeah, all and, good. And I do remember, I did have one big regret at the show that we never got you another opportunity to have that big grandstand attorney moment. Defending the guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got to say, I, I got to agree with, I think the last episode we shot was actually the second last episode that aired, I believe. It went I that way. Right. So yeah. it was like the Beatles, Let It Be, and <laughs> right. Abbey Road. Right. But, uh, but I remember... The last episode, the girls were on a sauna, right. yep. and then Dan Loria and Brian Doyle Murray again on the stoop with yep. old Allegheny, yep. yeah. and just talking about good times. And and I think that was when we filmed those scenes. I was like, "That's the show. It's yeah. the guys. We saw the guys. We saw the girls. We saw the the right. the vets out on the stoop." And I was like, "That's the show. That's the show." And I, mm. you know, in hindsight, like I'm glad that that's how we ended because right. melanie and steve were together yep. they kissed you know a relationship is is formed but to see the guys and the girls all in their own separate elements it was like that i, I was so proud of that and so happy to be part of such a great show in terms of how we saw them the yeah. uh, at least for us filming it our, our right. final images and how they grew uh, yeah the, the 33 episodes we did. i mean brian's speech is about cutting your cutting your lip open with right. the pull tab and yeah. making a steakum or whatever right. and <laughs> passing out bleeding and the yeah. wife's yelling at you and to simpler times <laughs> to simpler times it's <laughs> like oh yeah. i mean and those are the things when you know i i know we were talking about the on some sets there's a fracture between the the actors yeah. and the writers room right. but but man those were those things where you read it and you're just like this is fucking brilliant. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see this happen. I can't wait to see Brian Doyle and Murray read this. You right. know, it was just like it was like poetry. It was right. like who whoever did the, whatever came out of that room, and it and it happened on a weekly basis. There was always a gem in there that would just get us going. So and it's thank weird. you guys again. Oh, you can, it's uh, thank you. But the the weird thing is when you're in the middle of it, you can never it's you never have the opportunity to step back and say, wow, that was great because the next day you had a table reading. It's only it's only yeah. talking about it here and yeah. now. Or with old, you know, friends from the show, it's like, oh yeah, that was. I, I just remember you saying this at the the rap party. They'd have the clip reel, you know, the gag reel, mm -hmm. and you would look at it and say, oh my god, we have, that was a pretty funny season. Look yeah, at all that. I know, I forgot it's like, so much. You of it. forget about it because you're just it's that bunker mentality. You just you know you put your head down and even with an order of thirteen episodes, it's 
there's that's a lot of work. Yeah, it's like it's like playing a sport. When you're out there on the field, you're not you're just playing. Right. You're right. running. You're right. stopping. You're on defense. You're on. You right. don't have time to think about things. You're naturally reacting. And then if you go back and watch the tape, you're like, oh well, it's right. Pretty yeah. amazing that that play all came together. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Do you remember um, in that blooper reel, there was the blooper reel, you were mentioning the court scene, but there was in the blooper reel where you were flubbing the line a little bit. Oh, and I there couldn't was, say that there, line, and I had memorized it. I was to a T. What was the line? I can't remember. I, obviously. I, oh, God. I don't even remember this. But movie. an audience member yells out, you got this, Steve. And then <laughs> oh, you're like, I thanks, Dad. That. That's right. <laughs> like, thanks, Mom. Thank you. It was a dude's voice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Brando right. and Murray actually laughed. Yeah. And I remember looking down, because this is still the first season, I was like, yeah. holy shit, I just made Brando and Murray laugh. <laughs> yeah. And it was like one of those moments yeah. where you still hold this guy in such a revered you know, position in my head. Yeah. I'm like, God damn, I made the guy from Caddyshack giggle. It was, yeah. it was kind of It's cool. also great, too, because if you watch the pilot, the pilot episode, you know many of those pilots are just so forced in a sense of, like, trying to set up every single character and, like, yeah. hey, uh, Larry just got back from school that he was away for, like, it right. but but I will say with the, the Sullivan and Son pilot, trying to define, like, all ten characters in, in, in 23 minutes, like, we did a great job of that, like, yeah. putting that together. We? Very quick. <laughs> we, you guys should say that. We, no, no, no. I was gonna be generous. No, it's, it's, you, and, it's you and Rob. It's a paycheck. It's a paycheck. No, it was not Rob and I. It was, it was Rob, myself, and you two because you two were there. I, I I forget how many weeks out of the pilot episode we were filming, but you guys yeah. were there. Rob goes, I'm gonna call my friends in. You guys came in without getting a paycheck. Without getting any money, you'd spend hours in that writer's room with us. So it was really the four of us for like the last, I think, like three or four weeks or something yeah. like that. And then the week of the pilot, Rob's other friends came in mm -hmm. and, you know, it gelled. But you guys were there yeah. from the very beginning. So that's why when, you know, season three happened, who are showrunners? It's like, oh, well, yeah. we got to go with these guys. I mean, you guys were the backbone and foundation. You started it all. So thank you guys again. Well, well it was one of those rare experiences where we came in and the four of us just had that kinetic energy. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. talking about earlier. We just right. had it, only the four of us, but still. Yeah. We were just bouncing off each other and making Sorry each other to be laugh. the odd man out again, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it's called chemistry. <laughs> Getting alive, That's a vibe. Paycheck. It's yeah. a paycheck. Paycheck. You want to give away the. Uh, let's the do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. By the way, is... we went a little longer, but this it's usually right. only happens when no. we have guests in that we genuinely are having a blast with. So thank you guys so much. So you're so saying when we had Pete on, we weren't having fun. <laughs> oh. We ended that right at 30 minutes. Is that what you're. Jesus, I'm just clarifying. Gary, my right? God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are horrible. I make people laugh. That's why I would never be a writer. <laughs> would you shut the fuck up? Was Sullivan and Son the first drama you guys wrote on? Was that? <laughs> you get, what is the prize? What is the prize? God <laughs> By the way, it, I'm excited about this because uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, they were kind enough to send this over for you and I to test it out before we gave it away. And we loved it. We are giving away a Rome hoverboard electric scooter. Steve and I were testing this in the parking lot earlier right, today. We Absolutely amazing. Uh, and uh, this thing, I, I didn't even realize how expensive these things were, but they're great. Uh, from the fine folks at Bed Bath Beyond, a Rome hoverboard electric scooter. You cannot take this on a plane anymore because the airlines have banned these from uh, going on planes. But uh, FJ, uh, give us a caller between 1 and 50, and uh, that'll be the caller that needs to call him with a phrase that pays. I'm going to go with my inseam 34. 34. All right, great. <laughs> caller 34 for the Rome Hoverboard Electric Scooter. You got to give from us. From the Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, the phrase that pays. The phrase that pays. Yeah. Uh, by the way, final show 
of 2015. We just want to say thank you to everybody for supporting the Gentleman's Dojo over the last six months. That's right. We've had a blast. Uh, a lot of great stuff planned for 2016. We're in Pittsburgh this weekend for New Year's Eve, so please come check us out. And also, come see Steve in Chicago recording his brand new comedy special, yeah. his fourth one. Wow. February 6th, Lincoln Hall. What's yeah. happening to you? You've never been this supportive. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know really. Something's it's, wrong. It's a paycheck. It's a paycheck. It's a, <laughs> I know, really. Hall, February 6th, Chicago. Yeah, two Come shows. Um, I actually went through Netflix and looked at the last special and read all the comments, and oh, I treated no. it like, oh, a, uh, like a focus group. Oh, so wow. I learned from it, and I really kind of made this a little more relatable instead of, you know, so uh, racially fracturing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, you're a dad yeah. now. I'm a dad now, yeah. I'm a dad. I got the kids. Uh, yeah. What do the kids think you do for a living? By the way, uh, we would just like to thank All Things Comedy for being such a great home for us over the last six months. We absolutely love it here. So thanks to everything at All Things Comedy and Bill Burr and Al Madrigal for making this possible for us to do the Gentleman's Dojo on a weekly basis. Steve, I've had a blast with you. Thank you guys for coming in. Thanks for having us. Uh, hopefully uh, this isn't our last show. We know you guys are the Grim Reapers of TV. <laughs> so thank you guys. Uh, and it is just a paycheck. So uh, Steve Byrne, where can they find you at? I at love Steve how I'm just live at, at Canon Comedy, yes. which is the biggest farce. So yeah, 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 yeah. Cannon. Don't forget, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget Pittsburgh Improv all this weekend. Come celebrate New Year's Eve with us. Uh, we'll be joined by Bill Crawford, who we love. Who's and a big show. thanks to Dan and FJ. Oh, thank yep. you so much oh, for not only for yeah. all your great, all the great talent mm. you brought, Sullivan and Son. And it's nice to walk down memory lane. But honestly, oh, yeah. for you guys to spend the afternoon with us, we really appreciate. It. We cannot thank you enough. And we'll we'll leave you fine folks with this. <laughs> 